0: Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black, and joining me this evening, we've got John Anderson. Hello, John. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Um, we've got a bit of news to get through this evening. Hello to everybody. Um, hello to everybody joining us in the comments. We've got Ian here. He's joining us from his uh, from his wee hiatus. He says, The drums went weird when I turned my phone sideways. It was like Mars Volta were covering it. I don't know if Ian realises he's commenting on that and uh, that, whether that was going to be a private message to us in, the pod, <laughs> in our wee group chat. Who knows? Um, we, um, we are live at the moment on YouTube, on um, Patreon, not on Patreon, we're on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. So if you are watching live, then get involved in the comments and we will um, we'll put the best ones up on the screen and, and have a wee chat about them. There's a bit of news to get through tonight. We'll be previewing the Embra and Bordeaux quarterfinal as well, um, as well as some of the usual uh, features that we do. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Scott Rugby Blog and at Cammie Black. Uh, we are also uh, got the blog as well, www uk where you can find uh, some articles. Someone, uh, and I, I, the name escapes me, we've had a new writer on the blog who's done a bit on um, on the need to uh, sort of harden up the mentality of Scottish teams and be able to actually see off matches. It's quite an interesting read that, so so do check it out. We've also got our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, where you can get ad-free versions of this podcast if you listen on audio. But uh, we also put out some exclusive content as well. So this month, it was an episode on the Rugby Sevens. John, Ian and I did a podcast last month on um, the future of professionalism in Scottish Rugby, as well as our views on uh, savoury snacks. Um, we, uh, John and I have got, there's, a, there's some bits of news that came out this week um, around a, a tweet that Rory Lamont put out. And then there's been some other bits um, around some interviews that Adam Ash has done um, and because we don't want to get sued, we're deciding to put that discussion behind the paywall. So there's going to be a wee bit of extra for for, for Patreons. We're doing a, a little bonus <laughs> 20 minutes to half an hour tonight uh, after we've finished with the live podcast where we're going to cover some of the some of our thoughts on those subjects and we figure if it's behind the paywall, then we can't get sued. I think or, if any solicitors or, can confirm if that's true, let us know.
1: Or they at least have to pay for it first before they sue us, so...
0: Well, yeah, that's true. That they have to pay, and and some, somehow that will i don't know if that gets us discount.
1: I think we can a knock deterrent. money off our
0: court costs. We, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they claim costs. I'll say well uh, pay, yeah. we I'll give you we'll, a refund on your Patreon. We want the Patreon costs back
1: as well once they that's once it. they win the case. <laughs>
0: I think that's how it works. Any solicitors following us, please let us know. Um, we've got a couple of thank yous to say. So if you uh, go to our Patreon page um, and you subscribe, you've got two options. You can enter the Richie Vernon Thunderdome for £3 a month. Uh, that'll get you everything um, that that you that we've just talked about. Um, you can stand pitch side, have a nice beer and a burger and, and watch the action. And... Um, if you, however, decide you want to pay a little bit more, just to say, just because you want to support us, you can pay £5 and get inside the Doogie Donnelly Members Lounge. Uh, and if you do that, then you get your name read out on the podcast. So a huge thank you to uh, Ian Walsh and Alan Halsall, who have both signed up for £5 membership. So thank you very much to both. And we're very grateful for that. Um, if you visit the blog, if you're not sure about how to sign up for it, you can visit the blog and there's details there. And um, if you, there's a link somewhere, if I'm pointing up, I don't know if it's on Facebook. Point up. There's a link at the, with the post or down if it's Twitch. I don't know. Um, um, Moshen says, "What can I get for one pound Um I don't know. Nothing really. You get half an episode. I don't know if that's possible. Uh,
1: but maybe, maybe what, part part of the release of a Scottish rugby themed metal album.
0: You can stand on the. Uh, you can stand at the gate and peer through for one pound fifty. That's what you can do. Wish you were. Wish you were. Were seeing the action. Um. So, um, thanks to them. Um. A bit of news then from one of our other Patreon supporters, Ian Wallace. Now, uh, we've mentioned this on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Ian, as many of you will know, is is or was the beard of Scottish rugby. Um, he is still the beard of Scottish rugby in our hearts. It has to be said, and I think he will ever will will forever be the beard of Scottish rugby. Uh, However, he shaved it off to raise money for my name is Doddy. Now, Ian was aiming to raise three thousand pounds. He has smashed that, and I believe that the 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 current total, as I understand, reached over five thousand pounds once he'd taken in the gifted. So, a huge thank you to everyone that supported Ian, and absolute congratulations to Ian too for that. What an effort!
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a, a cracking effort. Cracking effort. And uh, anyone who hasn't seen the pictures of him since uh, since he's been freshly shorn, um, it's to say it knocks ten years off him is an underestimate. He's he's looking looking very, very good.
0: He's looking well. He said as well. And I said to him, "Oh, you know, you've been good to see the chin again." And he said, "Chins? I don't. I don't know about that. I think there's No, no. There's definition there. I think he's doing himself yeah, down. That's it, yeah. No, he's a he's a modest big chap, and he. So he'll be he'll be. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's he's a, he's, a, he's actually packing with Richie Vernon down there. But um, you know, he's he's uh, he's not just not uh, letting us know. He's yeah. Ripped.
0: Yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about. Whether players should be ripped or not later on in my hands and in my paper. <laughs> <laughs> the ruck, um, I think. The other bit of news I meant to mention this um, a couple of weeks ago, I think, when the news came out is um, for domestic rugby in Scotland is definitely going to be regionalised. So the plan is that Nationals 1, 2, and 3 are going to be split uh, geographically. There's two pools of teams uh, who, will, who will be split geographically. I don't think there's been an announcement as to what that will be, but. Um, it'd be fairly easy to work out I would think and the idea is that at the end of the season there's some big playoff between the two pools yeah. and on Super Saturday which I think would would technically be Murrayfield this year anyway John am I right you keep yeah. track of these things as a Glasgow <laughs> fan keep, keep score
1: Keep keep Well, I keep scores more like it, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I think it was meant. It was meant to be Murrayfield this year. So, um, it, it, we've we've said in this this before that the the regionalisation thing. It just it just makes sense, and it's always made mm-hmm. sense. Um, and you know, I think this will this will be of real benefit actually. Um, to the clubs in terms of just the reduction in costs, the ability to, mm. to, for players to get about. It, it's going to make it more appealing to players. So I think it's a good thing.
0: I think it's good. I mean, I think I would hope that we don't, there isn't just a kind of a desire to return to, to what was in the past, that, that people give it a fair go and, and see whether or not it's yeah. a possibility for the future. Because like you said, it's it's cheaper. You're not going to travel as far. And also for, for play, it's more attractive to players. If you've got family commitments, would you rather yeah. travel... You're playing a national team you know at national leagues would you rather travel half an hour an hour up the road, or would you rather drive halfway across Scotland?
1: Well, that's it, yeah, that level was well you know you you've covered the uh, the epic Berwick trip to was it was it Shetland uh, <laughs> or, or, or Orkney
0: sorry or oh, it was Orkney yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, which is about as far as you can go in Scotland, so yeah, um... I think
0: I think the ferry company would be pleased <laughs> if that did not happen again.
1: I was talking to someone recently about uh, I feel it was talking to people about trips to, trips to Butte um, and trips to Mull and I was speaking to someone from a club that I'm not going to name but about half of their squad are banned from the ferry to Mull because <laughs> I, 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 there was a couple of beers involved and there might have been an attempt to, like a pirate, scale the mast Um <laughs> Um, and I, I was talking about this last week. Actually, I, d- I don't know what what context that comes up, but uh, yeah, just the subject of ferries.
0: I wonder how did you get? So, I mean, what do you forfeit the fixture in future? We say we can't we can't erase <laughs> a team because none of them can get the ferry
1: because <laughs> they're all banned from the islands because of the ferry. Or do you
0: do you have to sneak them across one oh. ferry at a time so they're not traveling in large groups?
1: Maybe you maybe go down the road of sort of chartering a, a fishing boat. <laughs> yeah.
0: <drinking. laughs> We're going to need <laughs> a bigger boat. It's 23 lads.
1: Yeah, that's it. Get, get,
0: get. A front row and replacement front row as well. Uh, well,
1: it. that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the big issue for the fishing boats, isn't it?
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they've got wanted posters on the ferry? <laughs> the absolute Have you have. seen these men? Do not yeah, travel. Do, do, do not approach. Yeah. <laughs> approach if if anybody cautious. knows it's been a it's been a while since I've been on a ferry up in the <laughs> up, up in the north of Scotland. If, if anybody knows whether they have wanted posters. Like but they used don't. to have on the pub watch like pub watches, like it like watch?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can I can confirm the ferry to Butte does not have wanted posters. Um oh, it's a shame. It feels like I, it feels like they're missing a the trick. Yeah, well I mean I would not have been you know, on one of those wanted posters either because you know I'm I'm a good boy on ferries, but um but there's a few. Is that a, a why you call it John? I, well <laughs> I,
0: I rumbled. Shh. <laughs> <got> um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see how that goes. It'd be interesting. If you um are play for a club or you're involved in a club and you've got any strong opinions one way or the other on it, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. It'd be a good thing to review, maybe at the end of the season. Um, the next bit of news is we're getting some international rugby. John, it's hey! been confirmed. The are, uh, yes. worst, worst kept rumor <laughs> in world rugby since um, I don't know since the last time there was rumored to be a, a, a new revised f- tournament.
1: Finn f- Terrassing, yes. Because, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Um, we absolutely cannot confirm this just now, but it's happening.
0: Yeah. So there's been uh, there, there is we are now getting a the, the autumn rugby test now. What's it called? It's, do you know that? Can you remember the name of this? Not I off the top of my down. head.
1: No, it's not
0: off the top of your head.
1: The eight yeah, I should have made.
0: I should have properly written this down because I thought I'll remember it. at The night I remember it. It's fine. Um, but it turns out I can't. I think it's just called the Autumn. It's got a special name because it's like the championship or something. It's got. A, I'm just waiting for this website to load up, that will tell me it's called Rugby Autumn International Schedules. No, I can't remember the name of it, and it's not jumping out. the Autumn Nations Cup. That's it. The Autumn Nations Cup. Well done. It sounds it's, good. It's autumn. There, there's nations, and there's a cup.
1: Wasn't there the wasn't there
0: the Nations Cup before?
1: And that's like the 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 last thing Scotland
0: won. Was that not? I don't think that was a wrong thing. Was that not the football thing that they they tried to bring what? back Home Nations Cup, and it was everybody but England, and therefore entirely pointless. It was like Scotland playing Northern yeah. Ireland and Wales. It was essentially just like,
1: yeah. What was the, what was the name of the thing that Scotland won then under? We covered it in the
0: the pod with um, Andy Robinson. Oh, that was no, that was was that the, was that the Nations the Cup? Nation, I think that's the Nations Cup. I think you're right. It was Scotland there A won that, didn't they? Yeah. So there we go. I think it was Scotland we A. are
1: on to win this because we are the reigning
0: champions. Reigning, reigning Nations Cup champions. <laughs> Although, yeah, we, we, we won that by narrowly beating Romania. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With Chris Cusseter at the helm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's going to be two pools. In Scotland's pool, we have got Italy, France and Fiji. And then in the other pool, there is England, Wales, Ireland, and it's a sk- Georgia. <laughs> Sorry, Georgia. We Sorry, Georgia. Nearly forgot you. So Scotland are starting off with a warm-up game against Georgia uh, on Friday the 23rd of October. Yep. Then we play Wales in our remaining Six Nations games. So everybody else is going to a lot of other teams in like England and I'm off the top of the hand six Ireland. I've got two games left to play. In yeah. Six Nations. So they will presumably play theirs on the, the day that we're playing our the weekend we play our warm-up. Then 31st of October is Scotland Wales um, at 2.15. Then the nations the Nations Cup begins. So we were Scotland are away to Italy on the 14th of November, home to France on the 22nd of November, and then uh, home to Fiji on the 28th of November. Then there is a final game. Now, what happens is, essentially, the at that point, the two pools are then ranked first place first, second place second, third place third, fourth place fourth, and fifth place fifth. So the pool that Scotland aren't in, all the teams in that pool have already been allocated their home fixtures for the final weekend, for some certainty. So Georgia are playing at Murrayfield on that weekend as the home team. We for, for once we, we really need to hope that we are not the team playing, <laughs> playing at playing Murrayfield that weekend. <laughs> because that would mean that we'd had a very bad tournament. I'm c i am I mean we've got a good draw here, John. I'm quite excited about it. Yeah, when you list the teams it doesn't seem that equal. You know, it's, mm. it's you know, I don't know England... how they've done this, I don't know if it's broadcasting right, so why how that whether it's cause even on from from a world I'm going to check the what you carry on I'm going to check yeah. the world rankings
1: <laughs> yeah i mean Eng- england wales ireland all in the same pool seems yeah interesting but yeah i think it's really good and actually you know there's a there's a a post just coming up uh, regarding it's a positive absolutely in terms of the, if you, I don't know, can I pop that up? No, you you have to pop it up.
0: Um, pop up. Oh, I'll get it. Yeah. Hang on. I'll yeah, get it. You, you, you
1: pop that one up. Yeah. I mean, it's so, yeah, we've got BMCL. Be, mm, be Is that, are you referencing Bobby? Your... He
0: said he's given him, he's given him He's uh, he said he's called Bobby at the end.
1: Has he? Oh, of course he has. Yes. I just hadn't, hadn't read right to the end. There you go. And um, Bobby's saying, yeah, obviously. Um, it has to have a positive effect for the rankings. Yeah, totally agree. Um, these games do count towards ranking points. The draw for the World Cup was meant to be after the autumn internationals, so it's
0: been postponed. I understand. Yeah, yes, um, I'm going to check now. I think um, I think it, I think it is happening after them, but it's been postponed to allow them to happen. There was there was rumors that were going to postpone it because the only team in the top
1: eight who wouldn't be able to play would be Japan. And that obviously wouldn't be terribly fair on them, given that, you know, everyone else can kind of improve your ranking and the way the convoluted way the rankings work, you don't actually lose rankings and you know, it's all silly. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good pool. I think we should, I was only half joking about us kind of being in it to win it with regards to this, because Italy away is always a tough fixture, but if we've got any ambition of being a decent side, we should be winning that game. We've just recently beat France at home and despite their individuals, we're a better team than Fiji and especially at home. So yeah. we should be topping that group.
0: Yes, in, th- I in would, theory. In theory I, I mean, it's going to be, the, the Fiji game I think is the one to watch because yep. it's it's the return of Big Vern. Not mm-hmm. only that, you've got Richie Grey, not that one, the other one. The other one coming yep. in. You He's might have that ed. Richie
1: Grey as well, though.
0: Well, exactly. Wow. Be like Richie a Gray sliding doors moment, Yeah. Um, so that's that to me is going to be a fascinating fixture because for the first time, I think in a long time for the autumn, Fiji Fiji are going to have a decent amount of prep and a decent amount of yeah. time together, and a good run of games. Plus, they're getting money as well. They're getting match fees for this, which is fantastic. That finally, that the Pacific teams are getting paid, although they should have been paid in the past. Um, I think the only issue is going to be for Fiji. Is my understanding is that that the the top fourteen teams in France are suing World Rugby yes. because they're <laughs> unable to play because of the decision to white open the international window up and, and yep. further. So not only are they going to have to release the French players, they'll be having to release the Fijian yes. players as well. So then they, they ain't happy about it. And the Georgians as well, because I think a lot of Georgia, yeah.
1: yeah, a lot of the team play in France as well. Yeah, You can just imagine now the, the spate of international retirements that might well happen just before this um, international window, perhaps not suggesting that uh, French owners allegedly put uh, pressure on their players to... Uh, retire from international rugby and incentivize it with money. Just yeah.
0: just repeating what we've heard. <laughs> now, in terms of the world rankings, I think that's probably how they've done it. My guess would be because England and Ireland are top. Right. For third and fourth, sorry. Then France are fifth. Wales are sixth and Scotland are eighth. Then you've got Fiji and Georgia eleventh and twelfth. Right. So actually... The island, i mean, I guess you would—if you'd done it in theory, what you should have done is England top of pool, Ireland top of the next pool, France yeah. second, Wales second, Scotland third, Fiji third. Yeah, right. that—that
1: that, was and Italy,
0: Italy, Italy at fourteenth. Sorry, so you would have ended up with Italy last. So you've got Scotland. have got well, in fact, yeah, Scotland have got. I think that's probably how they've done it. Actually, they, they've split. They've essentially allocated the, the Ireland England thing doesn't make sense, but I think for all the other draws, it's just kind of. Yeah, one Sh- about. sharing the teams out by rankings.
1: Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be world rugby if it completely made sense. So
0: that's very true. That's very true. They couldn't, um, they couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> the other news then is the in terms of broadcast rights. So here we go. Um, Amazon Prime, hey! are going to be broadcasting all the games. Um, the um, this has caused. A bit of a stir, and we'll come on that in a minute. Now that Channel 4 <laughs> have got rights to some games, my understanding is that Channel 4 had rights to some ultimate nationals already, some residual yes. rights for them. Yes. So they have negotiated with Amazon to show some, progra- some free to the, air. The,
1: th- the three iron the games they've got. Yeah,
0: which I think they already had. I yeah. think that's essentially that's right. what's happening. And one is it, the one of them
1: is getting, some, uh, they're getting cast both on Amazon and, uh, I think it's Ireland, England's getting their own Amazon and yeah. Channel 4 at the same time.
0: Wales are having all their games broadcast on S4C. As well as Amazon, yes. As well as Amazon. So yep. you, I, I, the, a lot of Welsh people are unhappy that they are getting it for free, but only if they're prepared to listen to Welsh commentary. <laughs> I don't know why they find that upsetting. Uh,
1: g- given the amount of years... I thoroughly enjoyed BBC Alba's coverage. I, yes. I I do not understand that, and I still be, don't understand
0: I'll, a word of it. I'll be honest, John. If there was if if Amazon are willing to provide a red button to bring back Hugh Dan McLennan oh, and have him commentate, gosh. I would probably choose that as an option for at least one half. Definitely, he's he's very, just good. it's very it's very soothing. It's nice. I <laughs> yeah. sometimes just can... BBC Alba on in the background, just scratch, <laughs> <it's> nice. I <laughs> love I love it. I love it. <laughs> It kind of veers
1: between that kind of nice, soothing, you know, sort of soothing you into into a, a lovely place, and then he sort of bursts into life. Generally, when <laughs> Nico or or someone else uh, does something, Nico
0: <laughs> Matawalu. It's wonderful, wonderful. Um, so the, um, we've, we've had our hands in the ruck on this. I'm doing it now while I remember. Go so it, yes, this was, when it comes up on the Twitters, um, Jason Ryder's hands in the ruck. He said, the entitlement of the folk complaining about the prime deal for £8 a month, you'll be able to watch 13 live test match <laughs> yeah. games. The deal will also bring some much needed funding to all the unions that like some people feel they have a right to watch all international rugby for free.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely, hundred percent. I've seen quite a few people calling that um, that entitlement out. Shall we say?
0: It's, I mean, the re- the replies on Facebook to the Scottish Rugby official account were utterly staggering. Yep. I mean, to suggest that you know being asked to pay seven ninety nine a month, and even and it's not like it's a commitment. It's not like you sign up for no. a year's contract. Although no. you can, you can pay seventy nine pound front, and it's not like that's all you get because you get some extra stuff as well. And I know we talked in the last episode, you know, yep. that Amazon has its issues, and you know there are ethical issues that come with with Amazon. Yep. But I think there are with all broadcasters. Even you know people have issues with the BBC on both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. you find me a perf- you find me a, a broadcaster that everybody's happy with that doesn't feel like they, you know, infringing the morals in some way. And I'll I'll hold the mirror and call you a liar. Yeah, absolutely. You know, seven ninety nine. It's not. It's not much. I appreciate that some people have limited internet access. Yep. Amazon always offers a thirty day free trial. Anyway, that probably cover you for the whole whole period. Uh, the, and well,
1: it'll cover you for the full tournament. So if you time your trial correctly, you can. If you are so desperate that you desire to watch it for free, that you're willing to sort yourself out for a free trial, go for it. That's brilliant.
0: I like the fact that people said this is this is excluding real fans. And I thought, well, surely real fans are willing to pay $7. Yeah. 7 99 to watch international rugby.
1: Yes. Yes. The bit that gets me is they talk, you know, people saying they're they're a real fan because they have you know, I've already got subscriptions to X, Y, and Z. You're like if you so and we had this we had this discussion actually um for the World Cup warm-ups. When they were cast on, on Premier Sports and people were going off their head saying, "Oh no, it's Premier Sports! i want to watch a Scotland game," <laughs> and you're like, "Well, we've all got a subscription anyway because we followed the club game." But yeah, you know, hey ho, well, we're, we're you know, fair fair dues. Um, but the the fa- <laughs> the fact is that if you've got a Sky Sports subscription, you're not supporting Scottish rugby. If you've got a BT Sports yeah. subscription, you're not actually supporting Scottish rugby. Um. You have a Premier Sports subscription. Yeah, okay, right. You could argue, are you really supporting Scottish rugby? You're probably filling the coffers of Irish rugby more than anything, but (laughs) hey-ho. But this is a direct, you know, Amazon have said they're they're, they're putting money into the game. And Mm -hmm. taking this subscription will directly benefit Scottish rugby. So if that's not been a real supporter, I think it's time for me to hang up my cape and and give up this this life of crime because um, it's bonkers.
0: I also think it's and I think again we probably talked about this last week is the, the idea that you can sit for an entire afternoon yep. and watch three consecutive games. Not since grandstand. Yep. Well, in exactly. The 90s. Have we been in that position to watch? You know, because because you know. Rugby's or international rugby has already the the you know the door has been opened the the yep. know, it's gone the the horse has bolted international rugby has gone to pay TV yes this is about finding the right way to do that and you know being able to sit down and watch three consecutive matches back to back on an afternoon to see a game like Italy France. You you know before it'd be Ireland, but I don't think you could actually see that game unless you somehow like tapped into Italian TV through a satellite feed by bouncing a signal off the moon. It's not. (laughs) It wasn't like you know it wasn't these games that weren't didn't involve any of the home nations or Ireland were were not accessible before, and they are now. And that's you know if
1: if you're a real
0: fan, then that's that's good news.
1: Yeah, if you're wanting to catch up on what's actually going on in the international game, then. That's that's a really good
0: way to do I'm, it. You know, I miss kind of just being able to... Uh, I like the idea of being able to kind of just have it on in the background while I'm potting around the house, yep. have the other yep. games on. Not the Scotland games, I sit and watch that, but, you know, have the other games on, potting around the house, yep. you know, standing probably for about 40 minutes with a screwdriver in one hand and a cup of tea in the other, staring at the screen, pr- looking absolutely. like I'm about to go and do something, but I'm not.
1: Uh, absolutely, that's the way to do it. And
0: exactly. I think there's,
1: there's it's, it's worth noting as well that, after you finished your opening internationals games, you know you finished your your marathon session on your Saturday watching three games in a row, you can then put the Richie McCaw documentary on, Yep. or you can put Dan Carter on, or the All, on.
0: all, the all, all Blacks, the Blacks. All or, or nothing.
1: Uh, I must say the the Barcelona um, take the ball, past the ball. Highly recommend that as well. Yeah, uh, I was actually I was I was mentioning our chat with when we had say Damien uh, when you interviewed Damien. Um, yeah. Regarding that, I was I was thinking about that when I was watching it about the culture that they they had created. So very very interesting. Of,
0: I mean, uh, you know, on there are there are reasonable things on, and if you've got kids, there's a load of crap on there that they love. Yes. So, I mean dinosaur. I can highly recommend Dinosaur Train by Jim Hansen. It's 3D. <laughs> it's dinosaurs that travel by train back in time to see other dinosaurs. I mean, what's not <laughs> to like? What a great concept.
1: <laughs> That's. There you, you are. Know? I think we're veering into your other podcast, just
0: now. Oh, we are. I know. <laughs> there, there, it also has it has the best best theme tune ever. It's, a, right. it's like it's a dinosaur that it's an Elvis. It's a it's a it's a dinosaur Elvis impersonator that sings it <laughs> in the very last episode of season one. He comes on and he sings the song live to all the dinosaurs. Oh, it's mag- magnificent stuff. Paw Patrol's on there. Pepper Pig. Anything you could want, you can get. You can get a screwdriver sent to your front door the same day. Think they all they have have the
1: <laughs> what's, what's, what's not, not to love?
0: like? I know Hannah. Hannah's a good TV. Have you watched Hannah? Uh,
1: yes, that's good as well. Yeah, both series yep. of
0: Hannah are on there. Yep. Um, Treadstone. If you like the Jason Bourne films, that that's been cancelled, but the first season of Treadstone's on there. That's very lots of good things on on Amazon yep. Prime. So you get your you're going to get your money's worth. Now the interesting thing for me, John, is is Amazon the future for international rugby? Because this the whole idea that CVC what CVC want to do is package it all up. Yep. This is where it makes sense to me. When everyone's complaining, I've got my BT, I've got my Sky, I'm having to pay yep. for this again. I think the idea of this, this is what CC CVC want to do, is package all that up and say, here is all the rugby in the world. Here's yes. your lettuce Low Cups, here's your Super Rugby, here's your Pro 14, here's your Prem, here's your European rugby, and just say, someone like Amazon, you take it all. Yeah. And you have a multi-streaming platform, and you can watch any rugby you want for. £20, £30, £7.99 a month, yep. whatever it is. That to me is more attractive than having to pay for because th- I don't, I'm I'm a Sky subscription. I haven't even got a BT Sport subscription. I have yep, to kind no. of find ways of watching European <laughs> rugby. Um the Pro 14, you know, Premier Sport was a reasonable price. I was happy to pay for that. But I couldn't justify playing on top of that BT rug, BT sport no, because all no. I would watch is rugby and there's not enough of it on there for me to justify yeah. paying for it. So it makes sense to kind of this this would be a good trial to see if that could work.
1: And I think it's clear that that's their strategy given that they've been, CBC have been obviously investing in, you know, you've got they've got the investment, potentially the investment in the Six Nations, which I, I don't know. Has that been concluded? I don't think it's
0: gone through. I think there's, my guess would be that CBC are trying to lowball them because of COVID yes. and the home nations are saying we're not that desperate yet. Yeah. Because but they all I, have to, I, I they I all have done. to vote for it. Uh, the RFE will be going to take the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Deal or No Deal. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> open yeah. the different boxes. <laughs> and they're going. We've got the, we've still got the thirty-two thousand up there. Take the five thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and all the other home nations go. Oh, we don't need it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. playing. Well, no. We're going to knock a couple more blues out. It's fine. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the one piece still the RFU. Sat. there going The one piece still out there. <laughs> Oh, our sevens are having a crowd fund for themselves to get to Tokyo <laughs> by going on Well <laughs> That's Tokyo. essentially what I thought. My, that's that's exactly what I imagine the discussions around the uh, the six nations at the minute. Is <laughs> Scottish and Irish unions sat there like just kind of like going, oh, all right. <laughs> we'll hold out for a bit more," and then no, that, the no Welsh and English unions kind of screaming,
1: Hi. "We need money, please." To be fair, the the Welsh Union did insist on bringing like every Welsh superstar that uh, was uh, that they gratefully got off their payroll. They decided to bring them all back just in time for COVID. So it's like, yeah, that's magnificent, guys.
0: Well Well, done, great timing. Because this was no, this was us having this uh, this debate the other week in a a wee group chat about this argument that Wales somebody I think it was Simon Thomas on Wales Online had claimed. That if you got if if Wales got rid of the sixty cap Gatland rule whatever they call yep. it that that every that that every every that every Welsh player would would leave to the English Premiership and and that most of the Wales squad would be made up of players playing outside of Wales. Now I'm calling bobbins on that because uh, yes. I think you you look at Scotland. And our model. Now, I said from the fact, I think Wales have probably got too many pro teams to 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 sustain, and they're trying to sustain yep. four, and they probably could sustain three. Yep. Um, you know, Scotland aren't losing players to the prem. When they do, they they quite you know they lose the big players like John, the Johnny Greys, Stuart Hoggs, quite rightly. The Finn Russells have gone, but yep. they're able to keep everybody else. I think I worked yeah. out that is it thirty out of the thirty eight were Scottish based players in the last Six Nations squad.
1: Yep. Yeah, that would that would be about right. Yeah, um, you're not going
0: to lose the entire Welsh squad to English teams because they don't want them.
1: No, and again, Nothing this started. is what this is where you have to start to balance out. So one of the things Scottish rugby have talked a lot about is, yes, right, we know that if if you get offered a contract from France or offered a contract from the Premiership, the chances are we're not going to be able to financially match it if it's a big contract, right? But what Scottish rugby do do is they manage the players correctly. They make sure that they get their rest periods. They essentially prolong their career. You can go to the Premiership and get flogged stupid and retire at 32, or you could go on 34, 35, and get a few more years on a slightly lower contract. But, you know, you've got that security of income, and they are making a lot of efforts to make sure the players are looked after as they move out of the pro game as well. Um, You know, particularly the guys that have Guys that have had more of a let's say illustrious career, yeah, they make sure that you know there's there tends to be a place for them in Scottish rugby if if required. Um, so it's about the whole offer, isn't it? And yeah. you know, it's not just money.
0: No, exactly. I think that's it. it's um, yeah, it's not that that's what you get. You stay in Scotland, we'll look after you. We're not going to play you every game. You're probably going to have a better chance of prolonging your career than if you go elsewhere but if you want to go for the experience to play elsewhere then then off you go with 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 a blessing And i think it would be the same in wales i think they would lose some players i think they lose probably would lose the biggest players but it's not about the money for everybody no it's no it's not and you know
1: okay guys like, like um your uh, John john davis goes you know heads off to to france uh for for a couple of years ends up coming back you know it's that that happens quite a lot people go away Mm -hmm. for a couple of years top up the bank balance that'll do nicely i'll go back be around my family again and you know it's it yeah i think it's i think
0: i think wales welsh supporters get ideas above the station sometimes
1: well yes absolutely i think that's that's the prerogative of welsh fans everywhere to uh believe that i I think that that's the gatland effect (laughs) isn't it to believe one is (laughs) uh
0: Yes. yes. While we're talking about Gatlin, actually, uh, Andy Lone has said, I see Warren Gatlin started his Lions duty last night at the Quinns game. How many games do you think he'll we'll watch of the Scottish games on the Eight Nations and Pro 14? I wonder if he watched Finn at the weekend. <laughs> um, it's too early for, technically, I think it's too early for Lions chat. Um, yeah, I think we, yeah. We need to wait till, I think, after the autumn is when we properly get into Lions chat.
1: I think it depends as well because obviously, I mean, there's there's still talk about what's going to happen with the Lions tour, and yeah. obviously the legally mandated aspect of what we do is determinant on <laughs> the dates that are provided. So
0: yes, yeah. So um, I, Mike, my, my, I'm going to say he will watch Scotland games during the 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 autumn tests. He'll watch the one against Wales, yes, and he'll watch the one against France and yes. probably watch the others on the telly.
1: He might watch the game against Fiji just for a laugh, just because he wants to see the he Fiji might,
0: boys. He, he might do, yeah. Um, it's yeah. Whether he's allowed in a stadium is another thing, because <laughs> we don't know if anyone's allowed in a stadium at this point. He'd have well, to be... Telly, yeah. we don't, is Warren Gatlin COVID secure? I, I, I'm i going to say no, absolutely he not. Was, he was photographed at that game, and he was not socially distancing from the bloke he was with. Now, unless if they're part of the same household fair dues, if they're sharing a yep. flat, Fine, but they were sat together at the match. So he'd have to be COVID. He'd have to get past Jason Leach's stringent checks.
1: Well, exactly. How, how is this going to be in terms of the rule of six? It's, honestly. Who, who, well, who well Gell-
0: We know he's got form with the geography six, haven't we?
1: Well, exactly. <laughs> the rule of six is a different thing altogether <laughs> for him.
0: <laughs> um, the um, We'll move on then. The next bit of news, um, and we'll probably get into a bit more of this in the podcast extra we're going to do, John, but um, Adam Ash has been doing the interview rounds to promote his CBD oil business. We'll talk yes. about that in the extra podcast. Yes. Um, the interesting thing I think though, that came out of that discussion and now there is a trend is that Dave Rennie is not a people person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dave, Dave Rennie is not a people person. The sun is hot and, uh, bears do indeed go in the woods. Yes. Um, Yes, I think there's going to be more and more stories coming out about Mr Rennie, um, but Ash was not terribly um, enthusiastic about said, his choice. I mean, he, he said
0: that he got on with, he liked him as well. He was a nice bloke, but he just kept, he, he spun him along. And that's now, I, what, the third or fourth player that said the same story about yeah. him? That...
1: Yeah, yeah, he'll tell you what he wants from you. But he, I think the, the quote from Adam Ash was that, once you're out of his once you're out of his circle, it's very, very difficult to get back in. Mm. Um and that I mean, yeah, it's professional. It's professional sport, right? And, you know, you can understand the guy, a guy guy like Dave Rennie's got uh a, a type, he's been hired based on his previous um the way he's done things in New Zealand. It just strikes me as, you know, surely professional coaches have to have an element of flexibility about them.
0: Yeah. yeah. But yes. the, the other interesting thing I thought he said, Adam Ash said, because obviously he got called up to the Scotland camp and he didn't feel like he'd given his best impression to Danny Wilson, which is part of the reason why he felt like he'd been let go, that he, because of what had gone on at Glasgow, that he he was frustrated and he was maybe yep. transferring some of that frustration into the Scotland camp, that he wasn't being given a fair go and that he understood why Danny Wilson had maybe not not offered him an extension or had given him the opportunity to yeah. go and go and try elsewhere.
1: Yeah, it was it was very it was very honest of him, actually, because he was saying obviously, you know, he was explaining his mindset and saying that, you know, turning up at Scotland Camp to uh, what was the quote, get get your head kicked in by Grant Gilchrist. Um you know, you can understand the frustrations and often you you don't hear sports people saying that you know, it had an impact on my performance, it had an impact on my relationship with people. Uh, and it just so happens that a guy that was an assistant coach where I was at that point happens to become my manager. And guess what? He's he's not seen anything he likes previously or has a bad a bad um a, my reputation is sullied by what has gone before and therefore um you know he's made the made the choice to to say you're not part of my plans, and I think you know, they're, 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 it was honest,
0: yeah. Um, Mosh Shen, I was uh, yeah. Mosh getting Shen.
1: involved tonight.
0: Get Shen. Shen. He In says, Moshy Alex, Moshy Alex, Moshy Alex, Shen. Alex Dunbar was the same. Do you think he would be a good signing for Edinburgh? No. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> That's the kind of detailed analysis you come here to discuss rugby podcast for.
1: This is what you pay your Patreon money for, boys and girls. <laughs> Do you yeah.
0: think you make good no. Would Move
1: would on. you like, would you like me to <laughs> elaborate somewhat on that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm not. say so you don't have to ask open questions in the comments. Normally at, we will normally elaborate a little bit more.
1: <laughs> so I, I,
0: what? No, all right, you go ahead, John, and yeah, I'll throw my top no, So,
1: so actually, I was thinking about this the other day because there was um, there was a couple of people mentioning it on the Glasgow Warriors forum forum, saying dunbar has been released. Edinburgh are kind of you know still still in the market for maybe some some uh, firepower on the back. Would Dunbar be a good signing? And they they pointed out that he had surgery and then was released from brief So he has had surgery again. Alex Dunbar is sadly made of glass and is no longer anywhere near the player that he was when he was at Glasgow. And that's it's just just the the, the mm. brutal truth of it, sadly. You know, he's his knees are shot, he isn't physically up to, in my opinion, up to being the standard that an Edinburgh team looking to push forward to reach finals, to reach semi finals needs. So And it wouldn't be cheap either. So, no.
0: No. I think you could bring him in on a temporary contract.
1: Yep. Yep. If you're
0: looking to fill a gap. Don't think he's a long-term option. You could bring him in a temporary contract. What was interesting, I think, he did an interview with Mark Palmer in The Times this weekend talking about the fact he'd been let go. And one of the things he said is he'd been in regular contact with Gregor Townsend. Right. Which I think spoke to me more about Gregor It was interesting because that article came out a few days after Adam Ash's. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's that's from a man management point of view, isn't that interesting? You've got a guy like Alex Dunbar, who's way down the pecking order from yep. a Scotland point of view. He's saying that, you know, that's in the interview, with Mark Palmer he says, you know, getting back into Scotland shirt is a pipe dream at this time. I just need to get back playing rugby. I need a contract. Yep. I think that's a, absolutely the right mentality to have. It's very realistic. But what was interesting is that Gregor Townsend had been in touch. Yeah. So that's 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 interesting to me about Gregor Townsend's approach that he is making contact with these players that are maybe on the fringe of the fringes. Do you know what I mean that, that, that? But staying in touch and, and and asking how they're getting on. It might might be
1: potentially the difference in having. And it, it seems it seems slightly backwards that if you've got day to day contact with someone, you wouldn't necessarily. You know, you see them all the time, so you don't necessarily take the time to see them. Yeah. If that makes sense, whereas you know, someone like Townsend, yeah, he's 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 out. He's kind of he's got lots of other things to be doing, but he's also got a bit of space to kind of go. Do you know who I've not called in a couple of weeks? Let's let's give let's give Big AD a shout and see how he's doing. See how his dog is because
0: his dog's <laughs> lovely. He's a lovely dog. He has a lovely um, dog. I think. I mean, it's interesting. I think you could bring him back short term to Edinburgh. I don't think it'd be yeah. interesting. I don't, It wouldn't be an issue with that. I think he would have to accept that it wasn't coming back on the same money. Yeah. But given yeah. the current situation, every you know we're all in uh, with coronavirus. I, th-
1: I think it I might, think might be an a, option for him. The the other aspect to it is is you know so you you bring Alex Dunbar back in as a. A twelve. Let's let, let, let's assume his days as a thirteen are kind of behind him, right? So you bring him in as a twelve. Do, do Edinburgh need a twelve? That's mm.
0: that's
1: that's that's the other question. And does he does he add anything to that Edinburgh team? I I don't know. I don't know.
0: Um, I think. I, don't think Port- he, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I think from the way that Edinburgh and Glasgow are I'm trying to essentially play, both Scottish Pro teams are. development, squad they're both development squads, really. If 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 we're honest, uh, development squads with a who have a good, good tilt at things. So, is he a development player? No. Is he good? Is he a a reasonable prospect to back up, possibly? But is he going to get the games he wants to play in? No. That's the bottom line. He'd have to accept what two, three games a season. Yeah, when
1: the other guys are away, and you know it's. Yeah, it's a shame, and I, I—I mean, I—I I totally appreciate. It. I'm, I'm being rather negative regarding Alex Dunbar here, and I, I should like point out most people will be like, "I absolutely loved Alex Dunbar when he was at Glasgow. I thought he was a fantastic player. I loved the loved his attitude to the game." It's just this. This is professional sport. It's mm-hmm. it's really really ruthless, and I was talking to talking to my wife earlier on regarding the the. Uh, the, the other the other news uh regarding Castor Semania and all that sort of stuff and we were we were talking about just professional sport and how we you know you talk about professional sport and we, we seem to have this view that it should be inclusive mm. but in reality it's absolutely not because yeah like these guys are playing professionally because they've had the opportunities to do so and they've been in the right place and they've got all the talent. I probably don't have any of those things. <laughs> but if I had, I might have got it. But if we race to it's just, yeah. you
0: know... You, you can't so. make... Re- and I think, unfortunately, that's the thing, isn't it? In, in an, it was interesting you mentioned before the Damien Hughes interview, and it was something he said, is in his books, he uses sporting analogies very effectively, and he uses them and he compares them to actual kind of scientific and psychological research to back up the points he makes. But one thing he said in the, that interview is you can apply everything... You can learn from a sporting environment in business to a point. Yes. So, in the profession, in, in business, you have to make reasonable adjustments for your employees who need those adjustments because they've got mental health issues or disabilities that, or, or other factors that mean that you need to help them put something in place so that they can perform their role to the best of their ability. And that's absolutely the right thing to do. And that's as it should be because you know to to try in professional sport it's different because you don't do that in professional sport. You can't say to somebody, "All right, you've you're struggling a little bit with stress at the minute, so I'm gonna we're gonna put we're gonna have a buddy on the pitch with you."
1: Yeah,
0: it would it would you can't do that. You you can't say you know you you've been injured. We're gonna give you you know you're injured. You're out. Okay, well we're gonna stick you on the pitch with a height adjustable desk. It doesn't. you can't do it in the same way, and and like you said, tell the, then, tell then, the
1: opposition to not kick the ball above your shoulder height for you. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to raise your arm. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and so that's why it's brutal, isn't it? Because you you get to a point where you can't play anymore, and you allowances can't be made for that. I think allowances probably can be made to a point to cover deficiencies where you, what you bring to the team outweighs the deficiency. So you're not very good at defense, but you're fantastic at attack. Yeah. right we'll, we'll stick somebody in the cover for you but when it comes to it, it is brutal and well at the moment the the point at which you're you're what you bring to a team and what the team loses by you playing but the moment the, the losing side starts to outweigh the positives then y- yeah you're gone y- you're gone yep <laughs> and it wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen anywhere else other no. than professional sport no
1: and that's... it can't happen but it's it shouldn't happen in other environments no. necessarily. But um, yes, it is a brutal world. And again, it's one of these things, we don't talk enough about it that, you know, we, we, we talk about players moving to different countries to go and chase the money, get big contracts. And we always kind of, we say the platitudes of, you know, it's a short career um, and, you know, you, your career could be ended at any point playing rugby and stuff like that. But the reality is, all that stuff is absolutely accurate, and it just takes one coach, one coach in one session taking against you, and that could be your career over. Yeah. Just like that.
0: Um, it's, you know, and that's that's not overly dramatic. That has happened. So Yeah, and it's not like it's, a, you know, in a business setting, you'd get the union involved, you'd sit around, you'd have mediation, you'd have, you know, you'd yep, yep. You would have, you'd have grievance coach. procedures, but
1: you would have it all, you would have improvement plans, you would have everything. And yeah, it might not work out. And do you know what? See, if it didn't work out, the opportunity for you to move to a different organisation is probably quite high. Whereas, mm. if you're a professional sports person, you are part of an elite group of, you know, there's what, 70 professional players in Scotland, maybe 80 professional players in Scotland, playing for two entities. If that that that's your pool that's that's where you can go yeah. if you have a grievance that's where you go it's it's really difficult yeah
0: no and i think we don't you know like you said we don't acknowledge that enough i think we i think the thing i always say to people is we we are a we're a hybrid of a you know essentially we're a fan podcast and we're a fan blog yep. that's 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 our background but we try and approach things from a, a inverted commas professional angle that we, we we try and not act like fans when we uh when we analyze things and when we criticize, so when we criticize, it comes from a place of saying we can't do what they could do. We appreciate nope. they're putting their bodies on the line and doing all that. But if, if we were just to sit here and say nice things about them, it would be a very short podcast. And a very We wouldn't have much to write about on the bloody blog. <laughs> but, you know, it comes from a place where we absolutely 100% respect what they do. Um, but you know it would just become repetitive. if We said that at the start. I like had a disclaimer at the start of every article and every podcast, saying we we, we understand what they're going through. Joe, it's I think just, a, we just
1: order of you know. I mean, I reckon Ian could fill the whole blog with George Horn articles. Yeah, just saying how how good Tony To is.
0: Um we'll move on. We're going to move on quickly. We've got a couple of bits of more news to pick up yep. on. Um A couple of Embra bits. And I don't want to just take up this talking about non-Embra things, John, just because Sandy's not here. Um The Embra have had a number of players named in the Pro 14 team of the year. So yeah. we've got Pierre, Pierre Schumann, Grant Gilchrist, Bill Matter, Jacob van der Waal, Duhan Ver, van der Merwer, and Blair Kinghorn, which is... I mean, the other big, I mean, I suppose it's made up of, if you look at that, actually, it's made up of Leinster and Ember players who are the two teams that topped. the topped the groups, yeah. Topped the groups, yeah. so it's understandable. Yes. What's interesting to me is that most of those players, maybe with the exemption of, well, not Grant Gilchrist, he didn't play a lot. He was kind of flitted in and out of the Scotland team. Yep. Certainly, Blake Kinghorn, I think, is a, that that says a lot about Blair Kinghorn because he was in the Scotland setup and he was at the World Cup. Yep. He has made it in because his game time for Edinburgh will have been limited by that. Yes. The rest, though, you look and and actually you look across the rest of that best of team, and there's not many internationals in there. Yep,
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And the, the after a the World Cup, that makes sense because the criteria I believe for inclusion in the Pro whatever it is this year, uh, Dream Team, um, I believe it was twelve matches. No, it right. used to be used to be twelve matches, so you had to, you had to have played twelve matches to be eligible for the for the team, which was why Richie Vernon wasn't in it every year. Over
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> one to fifteen.
1: Ah uh, yeah, yeah, just, just RV all the way. Uh, and and 16 to 23. Um but yeah, um it's it's interesting because actually when you look at so I think prior to everything shutting down and everything just being an absolute carnage threat, right, you would probably have said, right, Pierre Schumann, yep, great shout. The rest of the Edinburgh boys, yep, they were all on form, they were all playing really well. Deserved. Six players on the team? Yeah, deserved. Fine. Happy with that, right? You come back and you look at... The first game against Glasgow was just yeah, was dreadful, really. It wasn't a really good game of rugby. Nobody really stood out. They then rested 11 players and lost to Glasgow. And then they absolutely canned it against Ulster. And the players who've made that dream team, the guys like Schumann, guys like Mata, did not come back well from lockdown. Mm. They've they've not performed since they've come back, and admittedly that makes sense. It's, it's you know they've been off for months, and you can't necessarily just turn it on straight away. That's that's fine. Everybody's trying to find their feet, so you know you've got to say then that the team was picked based on, as you say, you know the league form. to to a certain extent. And then, you know, there's maybe been the odd tweak here and there, but I think it's a great thing for Edinburgh. I think it's really good that that these players are getting the recognition. Um, And I really, really hope that it doesn't necessarily, I mean, I don't think many people will be paying attention to, you know, their their recruitment policy will not be, let's look at the Pro 14 team list, uh, team of the year list and go, (laughs) right, I need one of them. I'm having that guy. He he, he won the Pro 14 team Best flanker award. Yes, he's my guy. Um, but, you know, it does put player; it starts to put players onto people's radar, and that's what yeah. I was talking about previously. Edinburgh could do without that.
0: yeah, In some ways. I, and I think the other thing is that uh, I don't want to say second season syndrome, because this is what, Richard Cockle's third or third, four. yeah, fourth third. season in charge. It's that element of, like you said, the, the bill matters, the Pierre Schumanns have not come back in the same form now. It's Strange times, admittedly. Yep. Everyone's getting back to fitness. Everyone's getting their head in the right place, and that's going to be difficult to get back into things like contact yep. training when you're you pretty much training twelve months of the year these days. You get a couple of weeks holiday over the summer, yep. but that's the way it goes. That they haven't come back that strongly, and that kind of brings us onto the Bordeaux quarterfinal. Is it? It's a massive. It's it's hard to predict this game because Bordeaux have only had one game back because their first game against. Stad francais was cancelled because I think some stad it, players got got yeah because of the Rona. Yep, it was. Yeah. So Bordeaux played one game, which they won 32-30 I think against. I'm going to get the name. I did write this on my notes. It was against. Um, no, it's 25-20 against brief. Twenty against brief. Against brief. So Bordeaux had one game. Enbrev had two games. One of which was. You know, a mess. The other of which was, I'm uh, just, well, I, mean, I don't obvious. even know how close <laughs> to a game of rugby you could describe it as. So yeah. it's hard to then say, well, what way is this game? It's a hard game preview because it's you just, we just don't know what's going to happen. What the Ember, yeah. you know, when some Ember players have come back and they've hit the ground running, others others have not. P.S. Human amongst them. Yes. Bored over one game. They've lost semi ran 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 radra,
1: ran radra
0: radra radra. It's easy for you to say, um, do they've? But they've still got Jeffson Poirot. They've still got um Matthew Matthew Jalibert. You know they've still got quality players. Yep. But Emra have got quality players. But who knows how well everyone's going to play at the weekend? How match for everyone's going to be?
1: Well, that's that set as well. And the, the other kind of variable in this is that Edinburgh haven't played away from Murrayfield at all as yet and you don't know, so it's maybe overstating it for, you know, again, these are professional players and that it shouldn't be an issue but they're, they've they been in the bubble of Murrayfield for quite some time and, you know, the, the policies and procedures and everything that goes on around them in Murrayfield it's probably second nature now they've been doing it for long enough, so having three fixtures there on the trot, they've kind of gotten in the swing of it. they know how it goes to do that elsewhere now. it just adds another element of it gives the players something else to worry about, and I don't think in a game like you say, you know there's no way you could call just looking at those two teams, you know if it was a bookie's odds, there would just be you know it would just be one 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 one, nobody's got a clue what's going on. So you're you're in that situation where it's going to be, it probably will be so tight that any little advantage that the other team has, um, it, it could swing it, and you know it's it's just it's just difficult. But my concern is that no matter how how Edinburgh fans want to you know um, kind of play it, they haven't played well since they've come yeah. back. Uh um, they, um, that
0: worry. I'm looking at one betting site. I'm not gonna say who it is because you know I don't we don't like to promote betting sites after the drilling you got that time so <laughs> and Also we want we want their sweet, sweet betting money if we're gonna name them. But um exactly they um for 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 a win it's uh, Bordeaux beggars Beglers are one to three and Ember 13 to five. Yeah,
1: and I think that that's reflective of the fact that Bordeaux are at home, um they do have some class acts. I think Rondrada is a massive, massive, obviously a massive loss for them. And if he was still at Bordeaux, you would be looking at it going, "Yeah, no, that's that, that." He's going to tear them apart. But um, you know, the Edinburgh have surprised us. They they, yeah. they do they they do the surprising quite often, uh, including throwing away leads from dominant positions. So
0: let's oh. let's see how it goes. What's interesting though is you mentioned that they've been in the bubble of Murrayfield now. I don't know if you noticed, but Glasgow had the home changing room yes. on the trot. Now that I don't know if that's a coronavirus thing, whether it was just look, we for the bubbles, we'll we're not we can't be bothered sending the cleaners in to wipe it down in between you know, in between the weeks.
1: you have got costs to cut, mate. You can kind <laughs> be employing but can get the cleaners in? The
0: cleaners on furlough, so
1: that's <laughs> it. Yeah, we can of get them in. George George Horns offered to clean the changing rooms, but no, nah, we can't we'll afford a it. bottle of anti. Where, where's, where's big Brian when you
0: need him? Get, get I mean, him in. The, the other thought I had on that is well, actually, is that deliberate that Richard Cockrell knows you've they've got this quarterfinal European game yeah. coming up and wants to make them uncomfortable? And at that point, they didn't know whether they were going to be playing um, the, the quarterfinal for the Pro yeah. 14 home or away. Yeah, yeah home or away. Yep. So you play you've put the team in an uncomfortable position. Yes, they're playing at home, but they're in the away dressing room, which isn't yeah, as nice. It's
1: it's not as nice, no. Uh, no, I think that's uh, it's possibly come into the thinking. I think it's more likely it was just that, you know, the guys all arrived at the same time in Glasgow, claimed the home dressing room. And, you know... Was-
0: <laughs> Backseed it. Shot- <laughs> Aye, cold back- shotgun.
1: Cold shotgun on it, you know. Like, when you when you move house and your kids run in and it's like, this is my bedroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not how it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple people calling for Nick Hainan to start. Mosh Jen and um, Bobby are both calling for Nick Hainan to start. I don't think he didn't get, get, get much, didn't see much of him during the no two games no, so
1: no um again I, I, it does it does what it does well it punches large ballet dancer sized holes in you know defenses but Mata's a better player and you you just yeah. you, you would always in this sort of situation i think you would always go with the prospect of bill mata doing something Bill mata like Far outweighs the possibility that Nick Canning has a, a worldy Nick Canning game, so <laughs> you stick with Mata for me.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good shout. So we'll see. Um, I'm, I, it's hard to call. I'm not going to call it to be honest, and I'm not going to ask you to call it either, John. We will see That's Saturday half past twelve. It's on BT Sport. I assume probably BBC Radio Scotland. I probably have it on the the radio. I've the got Medium. it.
1: Yeah, yeah. They've got they've got the full game. I, 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 I'm starting to quite like listening to rugby on the radio.
0: It's good fun. It always sounds more exciting. Than
1: yeah, actually it actually is. Yeah, <laughs> I listened I listen to the Glasgow Exeter game when Hogg hit the crossbar yeah.
0: um,
1: on on the radio, and it was very exciting.
0: Yeah, um, we are going to move on. We're going to do this now. Yes, it is hands in the ruck time, uh, the any other business section of the podcast. Um, John, what has had its hands in your ruck this week while I get the one other one that we had off Twitter?
1: Um, so um I I dabbled back into the world of social media. I like like my um better half Ian have kinda of, <laughs> kinda of had you know, I've had a wee bit of a social media hiatus over the the last few while just and I dipped my toe back in, and boy, did I regret it! Um, yeah, so I, I stumbled onto a, a bit of a debate about it was after after the video of Mister Russell, Mister Finn Russell, doing mad, fantastic stuff with his oh. right boot. How good were those tries, by the way? Oh. Um, yeah, he he is ju- he's just magnificent. Um, and there's a player who's come back from lockdown and just looks yeah. just as good, if not better, than he was before. Fantastic. Anyway, the, the point goes that the usual the usual haters were out in force once again. Um, and it just annoys the life out of me that people say the simple phrase of, I just don't like Finn Russell. I just can't. I just don't like him. I, so I appreciate if you think that the way he plays the game is maybe a bit too risky. I appreciate that if mm-hmm. you are looking at him and going, oh, you know, he's all right. OK, so he's maybe had disciplinary issues for the Scotland team and he's maybe there's maybe something going on there. And you can have your opinion on that all you want. But if you're trying to tell me that he's not a good rugby player, you are actually an idiot. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you are.
0: I fully agree with that. I that's my hands in the rock as well. I think I saw a response to a tweet where somebody said he had no pace, which is utter bollocks. Yeah, nonsense. You watch that, that that intercept try against England, that length that runs yep. the length of the yep. pitch, yep. the the nut the infamous nutmeg try against Munster. The, again, yep. the the pace to get that. Some of the stuff at the weekend, you know, when he hits the angle, the, that try against Ireland that he set up for Sam Johnson again. Yep. Pace, intercept try, pace, gas. He doesn't. It's a bit like the thing we've talked with Sean Maitland. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's going hundred miles an hour, but. Yep players are struggling to catch him he's not the fastest back but he's not the slowest. certainly not the no, slowest he has no. he has plenty of pace for a 10 yeah the other comment that I vehemently disagree with is that he doesn't have muscle mass now this all yes. comes from the photograph from him at the weekend where he's had his shirt off and he's not a torn guy no right he's far from having dad bod okay <laughs> he's He's not ripped, no, that is not a problem. no no right? it is not being ripped is a problem because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're in the greatest of shape for an athlete. You might look good, it might impress some ladies, some ladies might like that, some gentlemen might like that, some gentlemen might like how Finn Russell looks. It's fine. Bodies come in all different shapes and sizes. Just because he's not rocking a six-pack does not mean that he's not got muscle mass, does not mean that he's fit. Just because he's not got like bulging pecs does not mean that he doesn't have upper body strength. If you watch Finn Russell play, Finn Russell is, and again, I think it was Matt Taylor was saying this, when he would watch and analyse Scotland's defensive play, yes, Finn Russell missed tackles, but, because of the position you're in as a 10, 10s miss more tackles. Yeah, You've got Owen Farrell's tackle stats, aside from the the ones where he hits, smashes people in the face, but <laughs> the missed tackle stats. A lot of 10s will miss tackles because of where they are on the defensive line. But the way that they, t- they go is that there is cover for them. So it's not a big yep. problem. Yep. Finn Russell hits rocks. Yes. Finn Russell makes big tackles. There is no problem at all with Finn Russell's muscle mass, and actually, I think it's a da- it's getting us into dangerous territory. If we start to have an expectation of how rugby players should look, that's a problem because it yep. starts to say to young players, "This is how you should look as a player." Actually, how you should look as a player is how Finn Russell looks. Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely, absolutely. there's a professional. He's in good shape. He's playing eighty minutes without breaking sweat. He's doing mad things on the pitch. He's keeping a clear head. That's fine. You can look like Finn Russell and play professional rugby. You don't have to have a six-pack. You don't have to have pecs. You don't have to have defined muscle. Having defined muscle actually means that you're training more as a bodybuilder than for an athlete to play an endurance sport that rugby is.
1: You look at the guys warming up before the games and stuff like that and you look at the flexibility of guys, guys like Stuart Hogg, you know, he, he, he he could put... Could go into a crab position and put his legs behind his head. I think he's that flexible, but he's very, 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 very strong and very yeah. well built. But he doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: No, and that, Shock, so
1: shockingly not, enough,
0: let's not fetishize. You know the, you know, the guy. You know, like the, you know, everyone got really excited when Johnny Sexton was was there with his like Hulk arms and neck. And yep. I was thinking that's that's not that body shape and that build is not conducive to playing a fast running game at ten
1: that's sexton's game though, isn't it? and,
0: and Matt Scott has talked about this isn't he when he bulked yeah. up at Gloucester and he lost lost the edge of his game It's not we you know we need to say that oh you know, Finn russell ha Finn Russell looks good,
1: yes, yes, and if Finn's watching, we love you, Finn, we love you, you. don't you don't great. be
0: body shamed by the haters, yeah. So you, you, know, you
1: tuck in, you tuck in your baguettes if you want. You tuck in yeah. your Haribo. You just keep doing what you're doing. You do, well you, Finn.
0: you do you, you do you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I, that 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 bothered me a lot because I think there is this this idea of what rugby players should look like, and I think it's a dangerous. It's dangerous a very, way to go.
1: very, very big thing in Scotland. With and it, I think it does come down to there is unrealistic views of what Finn russell actually is people yeah. have i don't know what it is people have it out for him in a lot of ways obviously like we don't there, there, there's lots of lots of really 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 good fans out there that think Finn russell is the absolute messiah but there's just there's just a desire to it's it's almost like he's so good that we want to dislike him it's, do you know what
0: it is john because he's not from a public school
1: background. Oh yes, well, yes, I know. We don't stone want mason a stonemason.
0: We don't want a stonemason as our top player, do we? That's
1: true, yeah. We can't be having that. Can't um, be
0: having kind of men men on the tools.
1: Yeah, I bet if he was still a stonemason, he'd be ripped eh? away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Get in touch. If you're a stonemason, how ripped are you? Yeah, let's, thing
1: and I'm gonna I'm gonna go full scale on this like don't just claim you're ripped let's yeah right we 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 need we need finn russell and you let's let's see comparisons we need
0: dm dm john (laughs) and then hopefully his wife will find it and say john why are all these stonemasons sending me (laughs) topless photos
1: Uh, my wife's actually sending me messages just now
0: Johnny, when you finish this podcast we need to have a word why why am I getting why are you getting private messages from stonemasons all of a sudden
1: why why are stonemasons sending me pictures with a six pack of
0: tenants (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no the other good thing to say about Finn Russell is him and Gregor Townsend are in a much better place according to uh, Ilteth Davith, who's uh, been on the podcast a couple of times spoke to to Finn this weekend uh, and said that that they have said he said that he's in a good place for Gregor Townsend so that's encouraging good news that is yes good news um the other hands in the ruck we had is from matthew riley who says here the new enforcement of the breakdown rules means it's too easy for an attacking team to force a penalty by pinning in a defender in a ruck it's impossible to be seen to be trying to roll in the right direction after the tackle 45 stone of props are lying on you
1: yeah yeah it's, it's always going to be difficult it's always going to be difficult, and there has to be a degree of... I think referees always do this with the new new interpretations or, or application of the laws. And there's applying the law, and then there's the degree of empathy that goes with the application of the law. And this is one that, right, it's it's difficult to see when a player is... Because we know players, right, let's, let's put it out there. Players cheat. Players actively look to gain advantage by cheating so it's quite difficult sometimes to tell when someone just isn't rolling away or when when someone's pinning a player in and referees need to just make their best judgment on that and it's it is difficult um i think there's more obvious stuff that goes on that referees don't pick up on and really should be things like so not releasing the tackler not releasing and then going in. So I've still got my be in my bonnet about Hamish Watson in the first 1872. He didn't release. There was three occasions. He's he's the tackler. He is the tackler. He has to make a clear effort to release and then go in and steal the ball. Let's um, be
0: happy. Let's be happy, though, John, that he has that Richie McClaw. Folk of invisibility.
1: Indeed, yeah. I've actually i ju- I'm actually just watching the Richie McCaw documentary just now, and it's mm-hmm. just at the bit where they're interviewing Alan Roland about Richie McCaw. And it's like, how did he get away with what he got away with? And he's like because he always knew where the line was. I'm yeah. like, did he know? Did he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the interesting thing. The line's an interesting thing because I think that's what we're seeing at the moment. We've got this adjustment in the breakdown laws. Defence coaches will be all over this, oh yeah, at the moment. Give it to the autumn tests, and let's see how that's at the first couple of games we're going to see the same things happening, yep, yep. by the end of it, I think we'll see a very different kind of breakdown because yep you your defense coaches will have adjusted the defense and and the you know how how the rock is dealt with. And so, co- will be a whole new set of problems for world rugby to sort out. With <laughs> variations in two years.
1: Yes, these these coaches are paid a lot of money to work this stuff out. So uh, that's
0: yes. what's fa- that's what I like about rugby. That's the fascinating thing about rugby is rugby keeps evolving. Yep, it's a constantly ever shift. The sands keep shifting. The rules keep changing because every time someone finds a loophole or a way around it or a way to exploit it, they close it. And wherever yep. they cut co- one door closes, another opens, and that's what's that to me is what's fascinating.
1: <laughs> it's really, really interesting, isn't it? it is, yeah. So,
0: ah, well, well, there we go. That's it for this week's standard podcast. Like I said, we're going to do a wee podcast extra in a minute, me and John, just because uh, we don't want to get sued by anybody. Uh, I, say I, anything I, accidentally. I, I, I don't do think like... we'll get sued. We're not planning on saying anything libelous. I should stress that for legal purposes, we are not <laughs> saying anything. We're not planning on saying anything libelous, but um we kind of feel like there's a couple of things we want to address around uh, the, the, the Rory-Lamont uh, tweet about anti-vax uh, kind of anti-vax position that he took yep. um, and some other bits and bobs that have been gnawing away and we've kind of alluded to in the past that we're just going to try and get into it a little bit for about 20 minutes or so yep. for a podcast extra. But for the moment, we'll be back next week uh, to review Ember versus Bordeaux. But for the moment, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from John. Goodbye.